What is going on, 9 o'clock? How are you guys doing this morning? Welcome, welcome, welcome. My name is TJ. I'm one of the pastors here. We're glad that you're joining us. Can we give it up for all of our family that's watching online with us right now? Online family, man, we're so glad that you're joining us. We can't wait for you to be back in person. We're having a good time here at church. But uh, we're in a series called The Best Ever, and we're talking about how do we take our relationships to the next level? Like, how do we have great marriages? How do we have great friendships? How do we have great parent-child relationships? But particularly, we're dealing with the relationship that is most important in your life, which is the, the husband and wife relationship. And here's what I've realized about every relationship. There is one thing that you have control over in the relationship, and that one thing that you have control over is you. Anybody else realize that? Like, I can't control my spouse. Some of you have been trying to do that for a number of decades. It doesn't really work. The one thing that you can control is you. And here's what we want to do is we want to equip you to be the best you, to be the best me that we bring into the week. That is the goal is that you can be the best you to bring into that relationship so that you can have the ultimate healthy, life-giving marriage that you've always wanted in life. And today I want to talk to you about the building blocks of a healthy, life-giving relationship because I've just found in life you don't discover healthy, life-giving relationships, you don't find healthy, life-giving relationships, you build those things. And those kind of relationships, they take some work, they take some effort, they take some commitment, they take some longevity, they, they, they take some tools and some consistency and some building blocks in order for you to have them. And so just, just to kind of start out today, how many of you guys by a show of hands would say that you're handy people? Where are my handy people at? Come on, raise your hands. All the handy people. Okay, where are the not so handy people? Come on, not so handy people, raise your hands. Okay, quite a few. Not, it's kind of an even crowd here, about 50-50. Um, Here's what I've learned over the years is, is no matter what kind uh, of project you're doing, if you don't know what you are doing, if you're not a handy person, it will always take you uh, two times longer than you thought it would take, and it will always cost you two to three times more than you thought it would cost. Come on, not handy people, you know that that's true. The reason why it always costs two to three times more is because you'll do it two or three times, and then you'll end up calling the professional that you got the bid from the first time, realizing that you don't know what to do and paying them anyways, and so might as well have just paid them on the front end. And part of the reason we struggle doing those kind of things, doing those kind of projects in life is because whenever you set out on a project on building something, very, very quickly you discover that you don't always have the right tools. Anybody ever done that, gotten into a project and discovered, like, I don't have the right tools. And so I'm a creative person in those moments. I can turn a butter knife into a screwdriver. Come on, somebody. One of Shayla's shoes is an incredible hammer. You'd never imagine what you could beat with that thing. How about this? Anybody ever turn a, a, a pair of scissors into some pliers? Come on, double timing right there. I just figure I'm being a good steward. I paid for one thing. I'm getting two uses out of it. Don't try the scissor thing at home. You will cut your finger off. I see a, a GC back there in the back that's like, no, don't do that. Uh, <laughs> but 
I, I discovered this recently. We, my wife and I, we, we purchased a, a new home that we are doing some remodeling in. And uh, I, I was going to put down some wood floors in my house. I had a friend come over. We helped pop some lines. And so I got the, the plumb line of where I was going to start because you need to start your floors on a straight line. Otherwise, they end up getting all messed up. And, and so I'm there and I'm trying to get these floors down by myself. I'm, I'm having a lot of trouble because they keep moving on me. They're having all kinds of issues going on and and with after like an hour or two of just struggling to get this done right I, I get frustrated I start throwing these hammers I start yelling at nothing I start cussing under my breath to myself like and talking bad I mean I was having a bad day and in the middle of that Shayla goes you know what? I think we should call Alex I'm like we don't need to call Alex these should be working and and she actually leaves the room because she realizes that is not a moment to try to have a conversation with me because I'm absolutely irate at this moment because I think I should be able to do this even though I'm not able to do it and she goes off and she calls Alex and our, our friend who is actually a flooring expert he shows up the next day with the correct tools and in fact uh, it, it was so simple the tool that he had in fact I have a picture of it were these little ratchet straps that I did not have but this simple little tool changed everything about laying the floor and I would submit to you that a lot of times we go into relationships without the correct tools. And whenever we go into relationships when we don't have the right tools, it's a lot harder and it takes a lot longer to build a healthy, life-giving relationship that we're all looking for in life. And here's what I've learned is that we all roll into relationships with tools. We all have some sort of tools and building supplies that we naturally come into every relationship with. And most of our tools come from our family of origin. And so if we grew up in a home that had really, really healthy relationships and they were kind and they were peaceful and they were gentle, then we picked up those tools and we typically bring those all in to our future relationships. But a lot of us did not grow up in homes like that. And instead, we, we grew up in homes where there was a lot of conflict. And, and because there was a lot of conflict and difficult items in those homes, a lot of us avoided things. And we saw our parents avoid conflict. And so therefore, every time we run into conflict because we saw that that was a tool that we got in our tool bag we automatically avoid conflict anytime it arises we run away from it how many of you know that that does not solve your problems but it's the tool that we had or for others of us when conflict arose there was anger and there was yelling and there was throwing things in our home and so that was a tool that we picked up and so now when that happens in our life we're picking up the first thing we see and we're throwing it across the room Others of us, like when conflict happens, we saw, we saw our, our mom or our dad just pick up and leave. And therefore, when conflict arises in any relationship, we drop it like it's hot and we move on to the next relationship because all we learned how to do was leave. It's not just what happens in our home, but then we get into a, a, a friendship and, and we go and we're we having personal experiences in our life and we, we got into a friendship and we, we trusted that friendship and they turned around and they stabbed us in the back. And so now we picked up a tool of mistrust from this relationship that now we're bringing into every other relationship in our life. Or we were at work and we had a boss that was, that was very domineering and very controlling in life. And because they were so controlling, we automatically started to buck 
authority in life because we didn't want to be controlled by anybody. And so therefore, we, anytime somebody seemingly tries to control you, you buck the authority that is there in life. And that's the tool that we bring into our relationships. And the tools that we have, some are good, some are bad. And as we're trying to build friendships, as we're trying to build uh, work-life relationships, as we're trying to build uh, parent-child relationships, as we're trying to build our, our marriages, we're trying to build our relationships, and we're not getting this relationship that we want because we're building it with some jacked up, with some messed up tools. And here's the deal. We are doing the absolute best that we can with the tools that we have. I mean, there's only so much you can do with the butter knife as a screwdriver. There's only so much you can do with, with Shayla's shoe as your hammer. And we're wondering why. Why are relationships so fractured? Why is it so difficult? I mean, I thought that this was supposed to be so much easier. It's because we're doing the best that we can with what we have. Not only do we roll into relationships with some faulty tools, but a lot of us, we, we roll into relationships with some faulty foundations. And, and today, I, I really want to hit on this because I think a lot of the foundations that we are building our relationships on based on what culture is telling us is, is not a great foundation. And you're going to have to make a choice today, and you're going to have to choose based on, you're going to build your foundation based on what culture is telling you to build it on, or you can build it on the foundation that God's Word tells you to build it on. You have the choice of what you're going to build it on, but you can look around a culture and go, they're not very good at building relationships. So maybe there's something to it. And in culture, here's what, what we do. Here are the questions we ask in culture when we're building relationships. We ask, we ask questions like this, what feels right? I'm going to build my relationship on what feels right. So whatever feels right must make it right. And so that's a right relationship. Or, or if you say things that make me feel good, that you must be a good friend. So we build it on what feels good. We build it on what makes me happy. And so you're like, man, if they make me happy, then that must be a good thing in my life. And, and, and here, don't misunderstand what I'm saying. It's not that God doesn't want you to feel good and be happy. He's just saying that that's not the best foundation. I'm just proposing that, that there's some other things that we should do. And, and so we, we think, man, if it makes me happy, this should be the right thing. And the reason I'm giving you a few of these is because these are the, the things that I hear over and over and over again from people that are struggling and, and dipping out on their relationships. Well, they just don't make me feel the same way they used to make me feel. This relationship just doesn't make me happy anymore. I have just lost that loving feeling. Listen, you don't feel your way into love. You act your way into love. It's not that you've lost your loving feeling, it's that you've stopped acting in loving ways. And if you would start acting in loving ways, you know what happened? Feelings always follow actions, not the opposite way. And some of us have, have flipped it back and reversed, and it's time to get back onto the real deal. And so we build it on what makes me happy, we build it on what feels right, and then ultimately we ask ourselves this question, what do I get out of this? Like, what's in this for me? And I'm not saying it's not, it, 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 not being happy is okay or, or being walked over or being in a negative relationship is okay. I'm just saying that those things should not be our foundation. 
And what's in it for me, there should be a give and take in relationship. But if all you're doing in a relationship is taking, how many of you know that that's not going to end up being a very healthy relationship long term? Because if I'm in it for me and you're in it for you, how many of you know that that is never going to be a, a great relationship? It's just not. It's like this. What happens is, is two selfish people get together and the one person is mad because the other person's not all about them and then the other person's mad because the other person's not all about them. That sounds stupid, doesn't it? But yet that's what so many people do in the relationship. It, it always sounds stupid when you put it out there and you're like, oh man, that's crazy. But that is our approach. And because two people out for their own interests never create a healthy life giving relationship because here's what happens if I'm building my relationships on what makes me happy if I'm building my relationships on 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 what makes me feel good if I'm building my relationships on on I I remember when they used to tell me those things and and, and, and it made me feel good, and they don't do that anymore. Like when we were first, when we were first together, and we'd get on the phone, and, I, and it'd be like, no, you get off. No, you get off. No, you get off. No, you get off. Are you still there? And we build it on, well, well, well that, that, doesn't, that, doesn't, that doesn't feel right. And, and what we do is we, we keep on pulling out the blocks, and we go, well, wh what's in it? What's in it for me? And what ends up happening is, is what makes me happy, what feels right, what's in it for me, This is why friendships are falling apart. This is like why marriages are falling apart. This is why parent-child relationships are falling apart. Because what's in it for me, what makes me happy, what feels right, is a terrible foundation to build your relationships on. And I, I'm just here to submit to you that, that maybe there is a better, more solid foundation that God has for us to build our relationships on. Like that, that maybe, just maybe, building it on all these feelings and everything that's centered around me is maybe, just maybe, not the best way to build the relationships that we all are desiring in life and maybe, just maybe, there is a better foundation that God has for all of us to be able to build our relationships on. And today I want to give you a couple of things that I believe are critical for us building a healthy foundation for life-giving relationships that are going to create better marriages, better families, better parent-child relationships, better just friendships in general. And if you're taking notes, the, the first building block that you're going to have to, that you're going to, have to set in place is what I would call the building block of trust. It's gonna take a foundation of your relationship. It's going to have to be built on trust. Everybody say trust. trust. Come on, say trust. trust. It's gonna take trust. And I know some of you are already thinking, well, you don't know the people in my life. I don't trust people. We know. 
We know. But here's the deal. You control you, and you control what you are going to extend to people. And you have a choice. You have the choice to extend one of two things. And these are the only choices that you have to extend. You can either choose to extend trust, or you can choose to extend suspicion. It's, it's what we extend to every person. Now, now the, the level of trust that you're going to extend to somebody else is going to be based on your circumstances and the level of your ability to extend that out. But we all have that choice. So we're either going to sus, uh, uh, extend suspicion or we're going to extend trust. And some of you have some rough experiences. You've had some, some things in your life that are, are make it super, super hard for you to extend trust to other people. And, and I get that. And I'm just saying, like, you control you. And if you want strong, healthy, life-giving relationships, you are going to have to make a fundamental choice to go, I am going to extend trust to other people. Or you're going to walk around for the rest of your life being suspicious of everybody else and just waiting for the hammer to drop. And listen, if you are a hammer because you don't trust, everybody will be a nail. And you'll wonder why do I not have any healthy relationships in my life. Now I get it. It's, it's hard to extend trust because we're extending trust to humans. And how many of you know humans aren't perfect? How many of you know that you're not perfect? And here's what happens. Because we're humans, we all create gaps. A gap is literally a distance between what I say I will do and what I will actually do. A gap is, 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 is what, who I am in my mind and who I am in reality. And so all of us create gaps. You create gaps sometimes. I create gaps. And we all have a choice. When we see a gap, what are we going to extend into that gap? Are we going to extend trust in that gap? Or are we going to extend suspicion in that gap? And and I want to propose to you, if you're going to build healthy, life-giving relationships, I'm going to propose that you're going to need to extend trust to fill those gaps. In other words, here's what I want you to do. I want you to believe the best about people. Like that's what you have to do. If you wanna have healthy relationships, I am going to believe the best about people. But you don't know how many times they burnt me. That's another conversation. But if I have reason to trust or no reason not to trust, then naturally I am going to choose to extend trust in that situation. Now, if somebody has had a history of continuous mistrust in life, then that's not a person you're going to extend trust to. But if you have no reason or, or you don't have any information, your default setting should be, I am going to extend trust. And here's the deal. Not only do I extend trust, but I choose to be a trustworthy person. Because it is a true way street. It's not just that I'm going to extend trust. It's that I am going to be trustworthy. Worthy. I'm going to believe the best about you, and hopefully you're going to believe the best about me, and I am naturally going to be a trusting person. Now, all of us have a natural tendency. We're either trusting or we're suspicious. I am naturally trusting. I believe the best about people. Shayla is suspicious. 
It's probably why we're married to each other in this place, out in our relationship all the time. In fact, last week, or two weeks ago, uh, she had asked me in the very early in the morning, hey, I need you to pick up preacher. There's some people coming over to our house to do some work. We don't want him biting them. So can you pick him up and bring him home or bring him to the office while they're at our house doing some work? I'm like, sure, no problem. Well, I actually go home to pick up Preacher. I leave my phone in the vehicle. Apparently, Shayla is texting me. Are you picking Preacher up? Did you pick Preacher up? I don't know because I'm actually picking Preacher up. And uh, because I do not answer her text, she drives over to our house as I'm putting Preacher in the vehicle. And she rolls down her window and she gives me an angry stare. And she goes, you should have answered your text. And I said, you should have trusted me. And then she sped off in our neighborhood. <laughs> Why? Because she's naturally suspicious. We've been working on her with that. It's, it's 20 years in, you know. So she has, to, she has to work on naturally having a bent towards trusting people. And so whenever there is a gap... And you're suspicious and you hear that somebody didn't follow through, you're like, man, I knew they weren't going to do that. Like you naturally, you're like, man, I should just find some new people because you automatically want to throw away the old to grab the new without having all of the information and details there. And a lot of us are suspicious of things without all the details and we jump to conclusions. Come on, people. In our mind, it's ran wild. We've gone through 75 conclusions of why they did not do what they did. And maybe it's this, they were stuck on the toilet. We don't know. Then some of us, we're allowing our past experiences of one or two people to shade every relationship that is currently in our life. So everyone in our life automatically starts at a trust deficit. And because they started a trust deficit, when they do actually prove themselves trustworthy, they end up at zero. And you're wondering why. Why is there nobody in my life? Because they can never measure up to your unreasonable standard that has been colored by one or two relationships in your past. And let me just say this. Don't hold all of your relationships in your life hostage to the one person in the back of your life who did you dirty. So I'm going to fill this gap with trust, but I'm also going to be trustworthy because I create gaps and you create gaps. And I know somebody's going, no, pastor, I, I am a man of my word. Shut up. <laughs> no, you're not. Because every single one of us create gaps. You want to know why? Because you forget. It's not that you're trying to be malicious. You just forget. Or, or something comes up and something you had committed yourself to because of what has happened circumstantially has made it so that you can't keep that commitment. And therefore, you're creating a gap. And so being a trustworthy person means that when I create a gap, I actually own that gap. Before somebody else has to call me and go, hey, you said you were going to do this and you didn't do it, you call them up and say, hey, I missed the mark right there. I want you to know that I'm sorry that I'm running late right now. I did not account for the accident on I-95. I am a trustworthy person. I will be there in 10 minutes. 
When you told your boss that you would fulfill that request that he sent the email in, before he ever has to text you or follow up with you because you have not done it, you need to, you need to email him and say, hey, boss, I have not forgotten about that email. I am on it right now. I will let you know as soon as that thing is done. That is what a trustworthy person does. They help close the gap. Now, when I have broken trust, it is, it is not your responsibility to repair the trust, it's mine. If I violated the trust, if I'm the violator in that relationship, it's not the other person's responsibility to repair that trust. It's your responsibility to give them all the passwords. Yeah. (laughs) All the usernames. But TJ, they're trying to control me. No, they're not. You broke trust. You broke it. So it's on you to help meet them where they are and restore and regain trust by being open and transparent. And if if they want to look at every email, they want to read every text, if they want to dial into every phone call, that is their prerogative if it is going to restore trust trust in the relationship. And so I would just say maybe trust is a more solid foundation that we should build our relationships on. Maybe we would have better parent-child relationships if when we promised our kids we would do something and we didn't do it, we would go to them and say, hey, you know what? I told you I would take you here and I didn't do that. That's on me. I'm sorry. Will you forgive me? Are you saying I'm supposed to apologize to my kids? Yes, if you broke trust. Because it is the foundation of everything that we are going to build on. Listen to what the Bible says, Proverbs 28, verse 6. It says, better is the poor who walks in his integrity than he who is crooked and down two-faced, though he is rich. It's saying better is he who has integrity, who is trustworthy. The word integrity is actually the word integer, and it means the whole of a number. It means there is no division in it. There is no portion of it. It means it is complete and it is whole. Like it is full. It is solid. It is a foundation that you can build your life on. Proverbs chapter 10 verse 9. Whoever walks in integrity walks securely. Whoever takes crooked paths will be found out. Saying the person who is trustworthy doesn't have to worry. They don't have to look over their shoulder and stress about things. Because they have integrity in their life and they are trustworthy. And so we are going to build on a foundation of trust. And then what we're going to do is we're going to build on a second foundation, which is the word honesty. Honesty. Now it's important for you to realize that, that this foundation, that these are sequential. Like you can't have honesty if you first don't trust. Because if you want to have honest and transparent communication, not like, hey, how are you doing? I'm good. That's not honest and transparent communication. Honest and transparent communication means, man, I trust you and you trust me. And because there is trust, I can be open and transparent and I can reveal things in life because there is an atmosphere of trust in this relationship right here. And so therefore, I can build on it. And if I'm building a relationship off what makes me feel good, I don't really want honesty. Because if you're honest with me, that's not going to make me feel good. Right? 
I mean, like, let's be honest. When, when somebody gets real with us, it doesn't always feel the greatest. If we're building our life on what makes me happy, honestly, I don't really want to get honest with you. Because that's not going to make me very happy. Because we're going to start to dig into the shadow me that I don't want everybody else to really see. And so I would rather stay happy and you stay oblivious than being real and transparent. But in an atmosphere of trust, where I trust you and you trust me, we can have honest and open communication. Proverbs chapter 19 verse 20 says, listen to the advice and accept discipline. And at the end, you will be counted among the wise. Proverbs 14.5 says, an honest witness does not deceive, but a false witness pours out lies. See, a healthy life-giving relationship is not where both people are lying to each other to make each other feel good. Because there are lies people will tell you to hide things from you. And then there are lies people will tell you to hide you from you. Because at the end of the day, they just want you to feel good. And they are lying through their teeth. No, you're not passive aggressive. No, you're a joy to be around. Liar. Liar, liar, pants on fire right there. But when I have trust, I can have honesty. In other words, I can have open communication with the people around me. And when you have open communication, all of a sudden now we can begin to move forward in the relationship. But if you can't honestly talk to me and I can't honestly talk to you, how are we ever going to move forward in the relationship? Like we're never going to make progress. And communication is not, hey, I'm going to talk and while I'm talking, in your mind you're formulating what you're going to come back at me with. That's not honest communication. Honest communication is, is when you're talking, I'm listening and I'm listening intently because I believe that when you are speaking to me, you have something to say to me. You have some sort of value to add to my life and I want to sit and listen intently there because in life I want some feedback from you. Like I trust you, therefore give me feedback because every time I get feedback, I get better and then the relationship gets better. Shayla and I were talking about this the other night. We were, we were at dinner and uh, we were talking about a Patrick Lanconi uh, talk that he was giving about, about honest feedback. And we were talking about the fact that when, when he's in conversations with people, which is the problem that I have that our staff has talked to me so much about. When I'm in conversations with people, I will give you this stare that says you are the dumbest person on the planet. I don't know that I'm giving you that stare. But apparently I give it a lot. And, and so automatically in that conversation, that person that is talking with me, they're thinking, TJ thinks I'm an idiot right now. Like this is not going well. That, that's not my intent. But that is what I'm communicating. And if, if they can't be honest with me, then our relationship can never get better. But when we have honest communication, which we do, they can go, hey, why are you looking at me like I'm an idiot right now? And I would go, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. I, just was, I was just processing. I was just trying to, trying to comprehend everything that's there. 
But what happens is that our interactions, our life, our foundation gets way better. And when I trust you, and you trust me, and I can be honest with you, and you can be honest with me, I know that my honesty is not going to allow you because we have trust there to retaliate against me. And see, the problem for a lot of us is, is because we've never built a foundation of trust with somebody, what we've done is we've been honest with them at hyper deep levels. And because that honesty didn't make them feel good, naturally what they did is they turned around and retaliated on you because they didn't like how that made them feel in that moment. And you're like, man, what just happened in that relationship? Well, you did not build the foundation correctly. Because there wasn't a level of trust there that you could be honest with them and know that that honesty would not come back to bite you in the butt. So we have to build trust. Then we have to build honesty. Then number three, we have to build it off of commitment. Commitment. I love what the Bible says. And it's talking about relationships in Romans chapter 12, verse 9. It says, love must be sincere. Hate what is evil and cling to what is good. Be devoted to one another in love. Everybody say Devoted. It says, be devoted to one another in love. It says, be committed to one another. In other words, I'm with you. I'm for you. I've got your back. You can't run me off. I've got staying power in this relationship. And we all need some people in our lives that have some staying power in that relationship. You need somebody that will stick with you through thick and thin, through hell and high water. And I'm committed to you. But don't expect people to be committed to you if you won't commit back to them. So many people have an expectation of, like, you're going to do this for me, but I'm going to give you none of that back. Commitment is a two-way street. Now watch this. If I don't trust you, I'm never going to be committed to you. But if I don't trust you, I'm never going to be honest with you. And if I'm never honest with you, I'm never going to have the level of commitment that is needed in every relationship. See, trust is the foundation of every relationship. Think about this. What does is, what is Jesus first ask us to do when it comes to a relationship with him? He says, trust me. And then what does Jesus do? Jesus goes, man, I'll prove my trustworthiness by how I live my life. Not only did I come to this earth as a sinless man, but I went to a cross, the cross that you deserve for your sins. And, and I laid down my life. And on the cross, as I'm giving my life, as a ransom for your life, I prove that I am trustworthy. So he establishes trust. Then what does he do? He, all of a sudden, as you start to journey with Jesus, he gets honest with you. And you start to get honest with him. Said, here's something you need to work on. Here's something in your life that needs to change. Hey, let's address this issue in your life. And as we're getting honest, what he's doing is he's going, hey, I'm going to call you to a higher level of commitment. I'm going to call you to a higher level of devotion. Hey, I'm going to call you to a deeper relationship with me. And if that is the model that Jesus establishes for a relationship, shouldn't that be the model that we establish in our lives for relationships? Trust. Honesty. I'm just being honest with him. No, 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 no. Not cutting. Honesty. Grace and truth. Grace and truth. And that will lead me to where I am committed 
perfect? No. Committed? Yes. But TJ, what, what, about, what about love? Shouldn't love be the foundation? Well, what happens when you lose that loving feeling? You better have some trust. You better have some honesty. You better have some commitment in that moment. And listen, maybe you're here and you look at your relational world and it looks like these blocks that are on the ground. I want you to know that it's never too late to start rebuilding. It's never too late to start over and go, hey, I'm going to reestablish the foundation here. And the foundation is trust. The foundation is going to be honesty. And the foundation is going to be commitment. And I would just submit to you today, let's stop building it on what makes me happy and what feels good and what's in it for me. Because that, my friends, is a faulty foundation. Let's establish it on trust, on honesty, and an unwavering commitment to one another. Would you guys bow your heads and pray? Maybe you're in here today and you've never built and established a relationship with Jesus. And I want you to know that the baseline for that relationship is exactly what we just talked about a moment ago. It's about trusting him. Trusting him that God loved you so much that 2,000 years ago he made a way for you where there was no way. Where he would give his one and only son to die on a cross, a sinner's death, a death that you and I deserve so that we could have eternal life with our creator. And maybe you're in here today and you've never established that in your life. Or maybe you did that a long time ago and you walked away from it and your life is kind of in shambles. And you say, you know what, Pastor TJ, today I need to reestablish that relationship. With every head bowed and every eye closed, we'd love to pray with you. On the count of three, if you just slip your hand up. One, two, three. Go ahead and slip it up. One, thank you. Two, yes, ma'am, thank you. Anybody else? Anybody else? Three, yes, I see you back there in the back. Anybody else? If you just pray this in your heart as I pray it out loud. Say, God, thank you so much for ultimately trusting in me that, that, that I would come into, back into relationship with you. That you sent your son 2,000 years ago to die a death that was meant solely for me. God, I ask you to come into my heart, come into my life, forgive me. Cleanse me from all unrighteousness. Reestablish our connection. God, I pray that today I would begin to reestablish it based on a level of trust. And that, God, I would get honest with you in life. And that as I'm committing my life to you here today, that you would commit to me. And that, God, we would be in relationship together all the days of our lives. God, we love you in this place. It's in Jesus' name I pray.